Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. For a radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, it's joining us for online affiliates around the world. We're glad you all could be with us as well. I'm excited to welcome best-selling author Leslie Crew to our broadcast today. She's written a great new book that I think is so perfect for this time of year, to not only to be able to entertain us, but also to make us think about life and what really matters. It's called Recipe for a Good Life. Life. We're going to talk to Leslie not only about her literary journey, but also what it's been like for her to share this newest cast of characters and what it's been like for her to already hear from readers about it as well. If you all are not staying connected with Leslie, we'll let you know where to find her online. Leslie, thank you again for the time. Really do appreciate it. Oh, thank you. This is so exciting. I'm really happy to be talking to your readers in the States. Well, look, the pleasure is definitely all mine. I am a fan of your work, as I know people are literally around this world, and I want to definitely talk about that. But, you know, there's a great line that you have, Leslie, in the new book, Recipe for a Good Life. And when I read it, I, I marked it and said, I have to begin our conversation here. It's in Chapter 23 of the book. And the line that you wrote uh, are, are these six great words, life was never what you imagined. So I want to talk about that for you. What has this been like for you to be able to have a love of storytelling and to be able to share it with all of us? Is this the life you imagined? Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, I'm originally from Montreal, um, but I've lived in a little on a little island called, which is off Nova Scotia in Canada. I've lived here now for 45 years. So um, I never thought I'd be living in the country, for one thing, and I certainly and I only started writing novels when I was 50. So there you go. And uh, I'm now 68, and I have 16 of them. So I guess I like to write books instead of knit. Is the only thing I can think of. But um, yeah, it was, it's just been a, a real whirlwind, and I never. Um, I mean, I always loved books. Uh, my mother was a kindergarten teacher, and she took us to the library before we knew how to read. So books have always been important to me, and because my family lived away and I lived here, I used to send uh, letters to them all the time, and that like I've, and wrote diaries. But I never wrote anything, and it wasn't until my mother said to me one day, she said, "Leslie, your letters you sound just like Irma Bombeck," and I remember thinking, "I loved Irma Bombeck," and she. <laughs> used to comment about you know life and what it was like and uh, I always see the funny things and um, so yeah it just kind of started from there but no I certainly I mean I never expected my first book to be um, published I only wrote it for myself um, and that's sort of what I've been doing ever since I was trying to make sense that we we lost our little boy in 1985 to sudden infant death and I and we had a son and um not went on to have a daughter, but it was such a difficult time. Um, I really hardly remember it, but I can remember thinking um, I needed to make sense of it. And then 20 years later, when my mother died suddenly, it was almost like it brought it all back, and I was in real trouble. And um, then I found out I had been suffering from PTSD, so uh, it kind of all made sense. But while I was trying to struggle with my mother's death, I... I realized that I needed to lay to rest the my son's death, and 
and um, I just wanted to understand what had happened. I was so tired of looking at his name carved in granite for thousands of days. I wanted him to live in a book, and I wanted to be able to get my hands on him. So I wrote my first book, again, for myself, never wanted anybody to read it. It's um, relative happiness. It's, everything in that book is about what I wanted to say about losing a child, but it's not, that's not all it is. It's also funny yeah. and heartwarming and, uh, and, like I say, just for me. Now, after 16 years, I realized that what I've been doing with all my novels is I put everyone I love in my books, my experiences, the stories my grandmother told me, my mother... Um, that's what I'm doing. I, if you have the ability to bring loved ones back to life, why wouldn't you? So that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's how and, I start. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Leslie. I'm just going to say that I'm so glad. I appreciate you really, you sharing that with our audience and with me. I mean, it, it goes to, I think, why your characters feel so real and why they are so <laughs> relatable, even for places maybe we have not personally been the connections with the characters, I think, really does stand true. That is definitely true with Recipe for a Good Life. And the main character, of course, they were able to meet Kitty because Kitty, of course, has this great ensemble around her, so she's not going through life alone. How important has that been for your characters to have someone like you've been able to have, to have someone that they can go through life with? Well, we all, you know, we all need to have someone. We need a posse uh, with us to get through this life. And, these stories translate no matter what. I mean, everyone the world over has the same heart. Whether you've been in this part of the world or not, uh, someone was saying, do you think your stories would translate, you know, for I said, well, I'm assuming they have dysfunctional families in the United States as well. <laughs> We're all exactly the same. But, yes, I wanted this book in particular to pay tribute and thanks to the women that I've grown up with here. Um, like I say, my mother wasn't here, my family wasn't here, but the rural women who lived here really took me under their wing. And uh, we have a little organization called the Homeville Women's Institute, and they have been doing great things for the past 70 years. And I wanted these women recognized for themselves. I, I put their own names down. They all, they all used to write down their names as their husband's names, you know, Mrs. Kenzie McDonald instead of Mrs. Abby McDonald. And all of the relatives around here... I put their real names in the book, and when I had the book launch in our little local uh, legion, 225 people showed up because wow. their relatives were in that book, and they wanted to hear about it. And I was so delighted and thrilled that I was able to do that for them. So, yeah, you can't get through life without family, friends, a community. I mean, how awful would it be to be alone? And uh, Kitty, uh, she's... She has a very difficult life in Montreal. She doesn't really realize it, uh, but the symptom is that she stops writing. She's a prolific, um, you know, best-selling author, and and from Montreal. I like to marry my two worlds often in my books. Um, but because she doesn't really realize it, but she ends up going. They think they're sending her. Publisher thinks they're sending her off to this fabulous uh, writers retreat. And of course, she ends up in this little shack in the middle of nowhere which is where I live, um, in Homeville, which is the perfect name for a community. Um, and, yeah, so she, but she ends up meeting the people who she needs to meet, the ones who tell her that she doesn't have to have everything to have it all. Uh, to have, you know, you don't need um, everything that people think you need. It's, um, yeah. it's really, there's very few things that you really need in this world, but one of them is love and family and friends. Yeah. 
And I think, too, Leslie, with Recipe for a Good Life, the other thing that I really picked up on was that it is so easy for us to say what a good life looks like. I want to talk about perspective for a moment because on the outside, you know, people will look at individuals like Kitty and say, well, you have everything that I want. Um, what was that like for you to play with and to think about for yourself, uh, Leslie, about perception and what true happiness looks like for you? Well, true happiness for me at the moment is being a grandmother. <laughs> I waited 65 years to be a grandmother, and uh, for the last three years it's just been absolutely delightful. Um, and, of course, the first character I thought of for the book was Bertha, who happens to have 30 grandchildren. So when I say I put the things that I'm thinking about in my books, I really mean it. Um, yeah. Kitty, uh, I'm trying to think of what you just what the question was. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, no, yeah, just, just the idea of how our perception of what a good life looks like by looking at other people, you know, what, what was that like for you to think about for yourself as well? Well, as I get older, I realize your recipe for good life is not like anybody else's. Mm-hmm. Um you have to find that for yourself. And Kitty has to go through a journey of figuring out what she needs from her life in Montreal and what she needs from her life in Cape Breton and to try to marry the two. Because you don't sometimes you don't get everything from where you are exactly. But you need to know your own heart and you need to listen to the voices in your head um, that tell you if something's off or something's wrong. And not be afraid to look that I mean this is why I love writing because often it's a that's what I've done I think really my novels are really sort of long-winded diaries I when you write something down on a piece of paper you sort of remove yourself from the equation and you look at something and you think wow do I really think that is that how I really feel um, so I'm very comfortable writing about a writer um, and uh, Everybody thinks. I mean, everybody thinks I have a a wonderful life now, and of course I do, but it, everything is not always what it seems. You have people you have to worry about and medical issues and, you know, and then, and like I say, we've our family, we've had a lot of loss, and so I'm, I'm a real authority on that. So I can write very authentically about what it's like to lose uh, yeah. people, but I'm also funny. And I think you need that to get through life. So I, my books are full of humor, um, and some more than others. But I just, you know, everybody thinks that I have it all, and I, I really think I kind of do, but I'm not interested. But the things I'm interested in, maybe other people aren't. I don't care about uh, material things, and yeah. some people do. Uh, so we all have things that are important to us. Yeah, I think that is, is so true. And I think, too, as we kind of look at life, sometimes we can uh, talk about the lives of others. Uh, and then, of course, be able to think about our own lives. There's an interesting example of that, uh, Leslie. Well, let me first say, for those who are just tuning in, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome best-selling author Leslie Crew to our broadcast today. She's the author of the new book, Recipe for a Good Life. We definitely want to invite you guys to get your own uh, copy of it. Uh, there's a great conversation you have in the book between uh, the, the, the characters, uh, Winnie and Wallace, uh, and they're kind of talking about this whole idea, and that's kind of what made me think about this question to you. 
Leslie, uh, about, you know, being able to look at other people's lives. Of course, you know, Wallace having to contend with looking at Kitty, right, and thinking about Kitty. Uh, I, I love the fact that, you know, as people look at individuals that they, you know, deem successful or that maybe, you know, they may question, they may not even realize all the the complications that come with that life. I mentioned to you before we went on here that another thing I really love about this book is how not only, of course, are we able to read about a writer, (laughs) which is always fun for me to be able to do, but also a writer who likes to write letters. So uh, it goes to, of course, you know, the the things that we're able to see uh, in the book. Uh, I love this. It's a great letter from Kitty to Bertha. Talk to us about that. What was that like for you to, again, share your own love of letters even in this book? Well, I, I never even really thought of that um, with when I had to write the letter to Bertha. Um, but I guess Kitty had to leave so quickly that she didn't really get to say goodbye uh, to Bertha. So she needed to um, keep that connection. And, of course, back this book takes place in 1955, so um, it wasn't as easy for people to... Um, call each other and uh, so I think letters are, are it's almost it's too bad that we don't send letters like we used to although we you know emails and whatever it's great to keep in communication but there's something so personal about a letter um, I think it's because you can see someone's handwriting and I can know for me I my dad was a writer um, but he never he never knew I became a writer because he had early Alzheimer's. And um, I can remember the thing I hated the most was that, you know, Alzheimer's took his brain and his voice, but it took his wonderful, beautiful handwriting. And I cherish the letters I have of his, even the ones that in the midst of his disease, you know, he kept crossing things out, words out and, and things. I keep all that. That's a history of what he was going through um, at the time, and they're precious to me. And actually, my sister told me that um, not that long ago, really, she didn't realize there was a drawer in the bottom of my our mother's cedar uh, chest, and all my letters to her are in there. And I didn't realize she had kept them, and I haven't seen them yet. Um, so wow. I'm hoping one day I can I can get to do that, but. Um, Whatever way you can to communicate with your loved ones is, is a very good way to do it. But I really suggest that. That's the other thing. You know, young writers, they come up and say, well, how do I get published? How do I, you know, <laughs> that's kind of all they want to know. And I thought, wow, a really good way to kill your story is to try to write it, write it before you're 30. <laughs> you know, mm, you wow. need experience. <laughs> you need um, something behind you. Um, but I, I keep thinking, if you want to write, you should write your own stories. Your 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 grandparents' world is gone now. Even your parents' world has gone yeah. now. Everything is different. You need to write all this stuff down, not for the general public, but even for your own family, because they're the ones that are interested in in the people that you are writing about. Um, I, I it's funny. I I shouldn't. I have a little writing story. Uh, I used to go into the Writers in School program here, writers that go into schools and talk about writing. And uh, one day uh, I was in a grade four class, and inevitably all the kids, they didn't care if I was there. You know, they were just happy their teacher wasn't there. Uh, But there was always a few (laughs) that you could tell, and they would lean forward or they'd put their assignments in first or whatever. 
this little guy came up to me, and, and his name was Duncan. He said, this is your lucky day. I'm a writer, too. <laughs> and I just thought, wow. how perfect. If every young writer who comes up to me and asks, how do I get published, just be like Duncan. Know that you're a writer, whether you're ever published or not. Because yeah. people who love to write, that's what we do. That's how we can make sense of our world. In the same way that people are dancers or singers or or whatever. It's not just about being published. It's about what words and stories and memories uh, come up for you. And if you love to write, that's what you should be writing. Such a great thing. When you were talking just now, Leslie, so much through my mind. And I, it's one of the reasons why, since I've had this platform here, we just celebrated our 20th year this year. And one of the greatest um, when people ask me about my one of my favorite interviews, I got to interview my grandmother before she died at the age of 91, and and being able to hear about her life and you know the things that she saw and how living through 23 presidents, you know, and and all that all of those things, and I thought to myself, that is that is gold. That is something that is so so special and so unique. I also want to ask you this um, in that same vein with the title of the book, Recipe for a Good Life. I love the fact that as we, of course, being a Southerner myself, we love to cook and we, of course, love our seasonings and to be able to substitute things. I thought about, again, going back to that letter uh, from Kitty the Bertha, two things that I wanted to read, if you don't mind, and I'll, I'll only read these two so that it doesn't spoil anything um, from the story, but there, there are two things that Kitty said that I thought was, was perfect for me to ask you about, and that is, she said, I did try to work things out when I got home, but it was obvious rather quickly that our relationship was never going to change. And then she said this, and this is the powerful thing for me, I've always felt like a failure on that score, and now it seems I failed at this. Even though it has to be done, the little girl who dreamed of having a happy family with babies and a white picket fence will always be sad that it has come to this. Sometimes recipes have to change, right? Sometimes life events change us, but sometimes it can be for the better. What was that like for you to explore with this too, with Kitty, but also even with yourself, that even though circumstances may change things, it doesn't mean that we cannot have, you know, that, that the perfect recipe for that time for us. Well, it it's almost as if, um, like when I say when I started this journey, it was just I wrote that little story for myself. I, I thought my life was over when um, our Joshua died. And... I, it was very difficult to live through because all I wanted to do was be a mother. I couldn't believe that this had happened to me. And yet, as a friend said not that long ago, she said, Leslie, what a journey you've been on. You wrote a little story for your son, and look where it's led. I have 16 novels, books, and two nonfiction, but 16 novels, and I have I reach readers everywhere. I have people constantly getting in touch with me because my books are remind people of the good things in life. This world is very, very scary right now. And I want to remind people that there are still good people out there and there are still lovely moments like hanging out clothes, like seeing your grandmother in an apron, like playing with your grandchildren, 
uh, like falling in love. I mean, there are still things that matter, uh, that our environments, the way we are. I live in the I, I live in a paradise in in one sense. I, everywhere I go, there's animals, birds. It's beautiful. I love it here, um, and these are good things. And I remind people of that. And I hear from readers every day about how I even had one uh, family contact me and say their 95-year-old mother, that Recipe for a Good Life was the last book she read, and so they they used that title for her eulogy. Wow. And they, everybody was in tears, um, and, and I was in tears. They got in touch with me and said how much they appreciated, you know. And I, I can't believe that, like, I hear from people like that there. Um, and then these are just very simple stories. You can blow through one of these books in a couple of days. They're, I haven't reinvented the wheel. It's just very easy reading, and uh, but they're just people recognize themselves. Um, no matter where you live in the world, you can recognize yourself. You know the love of a child uh, or a grandchild or or your love of your dog or anything like that. There's still good things in the world, despite turning on the news and seeing the horror all around us. We, we need right. to hang on to um, things like this, or we're never going to get through it. Yeah. Such a powerful point and such a powerful conversation with you, Leslie, as I knew it was going to be. Thank you again for this. Leslie Crew, again, everyone, has been our guest. She's the best-selling author of the new book, Recipe for a Good Life, that is available now. You can get it through our friends at Amazon.com or through your favorite local bookstore. Leslie, you don't know how much I appreciate this time with you. How can our audience stay connected with you? Yes, well, I have a website, www.lesliecrew.com, and that's L-E-S-L-E-Y. C-R-E-W-E, um, but also, well, hurrah, I'm on Amazon.com. I, I was always on Amazon.ca, but now I've the big time with you guys, and you can get Amazon.com, and all of my books are listed um, on my website, and yeah, you can order it uh, whenever you like, so it's great. I'm really happy to uh, have new readers, and I'm really excited uh, that hopefully they'll enjoy it too. I know they will. I really appreciate you again, Leslie. Looking forward to our next conversation together. Great. Thanks, Cyrus. Thanks so much. More than welcome. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webster. As always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Now let's go make today amazing. Take care.